Hi, and welcome to episode four of the world's weirdest conspiracy theories. And today, uh, no, sorry, that's the wrong one. Uh, it's Rob uh, from from the High Press. Uh, we're back again. Uh, it's us uh, for episode thirty-four of season two. Um, we, we're still going. Uh, 34, bloody hell. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cold outside uh, once again. Uh, so cold, I saw a dog stuck to a tree. Uh, anyway, uh, joining me today, uh, football journalist Craig Evans. Uh, how are you doing, Greg? Hello, Rob. I'm very good, thank you. Very good, Brilliant. mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Uh, well, I think it's no messing about. Let's just get into the uh, starting 11 uh, quickfire questions. Uh, first one, uh, one of my favourites, uh, KFC or McDonald's? KFC. Mm, nice, nice, okay. Uh, do you have a favourite brand of beer? Any lager. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's very good. Uh, what would your name be if you were a super villain? A super what, sorry? A super villain. Super villain? Oh, yeah. Um, maybe Peter? Peter? <laughs> <laughs> are we on about Aston Villa players or an actual oh, super no, no. villain you know, like is a, in a oh, yeah, like I thought a you meant like, like a, a super villain I thought this was a villa podcast so I thought you were thinking of villa heroes I was thinking of Peter Weir <laughs> so, I don't know I'm not into know, Marvel and all that no I'm I'm not to be honest I just thought it might be a right question but you know what? We'll, we'll take Peter Peter up against Let's go Peter. Spider-Man there you go that's, yeah, that's coming to Peter's going to win isn't it coming to, coming to the film soon uh, do you have a favourite artist or band uh, quite like Dave. Ah, Dave. He's friends with Peter. Um, <laughs> Dave, Peter, and Greg. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that's the uh, that's the title of this one. Um, Chavi or Iniesta? God, you want the both of them, don't you? But let's mm. go, Chavi. <clears throat> okay. Uh, do you have a favourite football stadium at all, or um, I don't know, maybe uh, anything? Yeah, any you yeah. like the look of? I like Celtic Park and Ibrox. Um, the two of them always seem to have an incredible atmosphere. I like St James's Park as well. Um, I'll probably say Ibrox. Mm, nice, nice. That's, that's a different one. Uh, so, what was the last film you watched? Oh, um, uh, Black Crab. Yes, uh, I need to watch that. It looks very good. Is it? Is it alright? Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. It was easy to follow. I don't usually like films that are dubbed over, and obviously I've got no. I've, I can't speak Swedish, so I had to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, had to I had to have it dubbed over, but uh, I enjoyed it. It was good, different. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, I'll. Um, I'll it's on Netflix, isn't it? That one. Yeah, okay. it's worth a go. Yeah. Worth okay, a go. nice. Uh, what is your uh, favourite hobby outside of football? Golf. Mm, that's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, Every day in the summer. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Keeps you active as well, obviously. Indeed. Yeah. Um, here we go, a bit of a niche question. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock? The Rock. Oh, okay. Nice. I've got no reason for it. I don't particularly like or know or have any feelings towards either of them. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I could have just said two names then. You know? Right, <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Um, it's a bit, a, bit of a bit of a different one. Uh, you're invisible for the day. What's the first thing you, you're going to do? Being invisible. Um, wow, that's a great question. Um, Put that one my in. friends take the mick out of me because I've got no imagination, so that's really hard for me. <laughs> um, geez, 
Can we come back to it at the end? Give me half an hour to think uh, about it. Yeah, okay. Well, well here's, here's a, a, sort of a similar one, maybe. Uh, would you rather visit the, the past or the future? The past, definitely. Okay. Why is that? Um, just things I'll uh, probably be a bit too deep to go into now, but um, I'd like to go back and see some other people that aren't here anymore. Oh, nice, nice. <clears> okay, <throat> that's a good one. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Starting 11. Um it's actually a quick fire for once. So usually they take about 40 minutes, but you know, that was, that was very cool. Um, so great. If you just want to give us uh, just a bit of a brief intro to, to yourself before we, we get into the uh, tasty questions. Uh, well, yeah, I like superheroes called Peter. Um, <laughs> or super villains, super villains. Uh, I've not got much in that imagination, but I suppose we know this already. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I've, I've, I suppose I wanted to be a professional golfer or footballer when I was younger. Mm. That's really the reason I got into sports journalism. I thought, how can I stay in the sports world? Um, because clearly I wasn't good enough to be a golfer or a, a footballer. Um, decided that to take a creative writing course, and just went from there. What started working at local newspapers, and then moved to the Athletic in 2019. Mm. Okay, well, that that takes us nicely into into our questions. So, um, yeah, I was going to ask you. So, how did you get to uh, cover primarily Aston Villa? Uh, so. Villa are the biggest club in the Midlands, as as most people know uh, that, that listen to the podcast. Um, we were we, we covered all the all the clubs in the Midlands for the Birmingham Mail. Uh, an opportunity arose <clears throat> when Matt Kendrick, the, the former uh, Villa writer, um, became pretty much the editor of the of the sports team um, uh, and, and took more of a backseat role and, and, and came off reporting. And I was promoted from my sort of floater role uh, into that position. I think it was when, just towards the back end of Paul Lambert's time at, at Villa, when I officially became the Villa writer uh, for the Birmingham Mail. And then it moved from there, covered them for probably four or five seasons. Um, and then The Athletic got in touch with me, said that they'd liked some of my work, that, that, that they'd you know, read up on, on my stories um, and were interested in in hiring me as the, the Villa writer for The Athletic, which was really exciting and something I jumped at straight away. Wow, nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what what's your sort of view of The Athletic then? Because, uh, I mean, to, to me, um, I see maybe as a bit of a, like a new kid on the block of, of sports journalism. Is that Would that be a fair... Uh, analysis of it uh yeah i suppose so i mean it feels like we've we've been the uk project now has been going for nearly three years and it and it feels like feels like it's been going for a little bit longer it feels like i've been here for for a long time so it's hard for me to describe it in a similar way to you do but i, I can certainly understand uh why people think that because we are probably you know one of the newest um noticeable media companies out there uh i just think i think it's a breath of fresh air that the, the work that we do we try to tell stories in the right way um but also try to tell some stories a lot differently to to other traditional um, media outlets um and it's just really fun writing and reporting on uh, uh for, for the athletic and you feel like we can tell different stories and tell them in a different way uh be quite creative with them but also give the readers um information that they won't get from elsewhere yeah yeah um i think that's that's i suppose that's behind sort of journalism isn't it you got to have the the want to to report but also possibly do it in a um say readable way so you know like a bit of a creative way so it's not just like facts and here you go and 
yeah so um yeah i think i think yeah i think there's there's um there's so much media out there now. There's so much in your face. You know, you've got social media if you want, the, and then you've got local newspaper that local newspapers that provide sort of regular, shorter mm. stories. I think what we look at is much longer reads, much more in depth, more detailed. We certainly won't be producing stories at the rate of other media companies, but um, when we do produce them, they engage the reader for perhaps a lot longer because mm. they're much more detailed and um they certainly take a lot longer to put together that's for sure <laughs> because i've worked on both sides and um and i know that firsthand yeah yeah there's no, some, some really interesting uh, long form uh, piece i think coming out of the athletic but uh let's just get straight into your main uh, source of work i guess uh, aston villa um so how would you rate uh steven gerald's time at the club then so far um, I think it's probably been a probably been a seven out of ten really for him. I think he he came in and did what was expected uh, or what was needed at least. Villa needed to start winning football games. They needed to stop conceding goals. Um, he certainly did that. Took Villa away from the relegation zone and moved them more up in towards the middle half of the table. Um, had a little bit of a dip, didn't they? Hmm. Where where just couldn't quite seem to get the results that they needed. A little bit of bad luck here and there. Um, but, you know, that's, that's football. You need to bounce back and then um, feel like they did. That exceptional performance against Southampton. That was probably the the standout performance under Stephen Gerrard so far. Um, and then kind of back down to earth with, with defeats to um, Arsenal and... West Ham, yeah, yeah, and then obviously yeah. a big, big game against Wolves at the weekend. But just feels for me at the moment, Villa struggle to beat the teams that are above them, and and that's the real key um, to progression. They need to start getting results against those sort of top seven or eight teams because if they don't, they can't kick on and get into those those positions, which that is which is where they want to be. Mm. Um, you know, the aim for Steven Gerrard next season is to get into into getting to Europe. Um, it was hoped that Villa could push closer than they did last season. This season, uh, I still feel if they finish above 11th, which would be an improvement on last season, then um, it's, it should go down as a good season because there are not many teams in the Premier League who can lose their best, uh, sell their best player and then finish higher the following season. So I still think if Villa get in the top half for, for the first time in what, 10 or 11 years, that'll be seen as a as a decent season for them. Yeah, yeah I think there's there's quite a lot of um, uh, maybe un- unrealistic uh, expectations put on. Like, like you said, you know, to lose your best player and still expect to finish um, in the top half, you know, and two seasons ago, you escaped relegation on the last day by goal difference or by one point. Um, and, and I suppose as well, every, every season has been an improvement. So I think it's... You know, it's like the old cliche, but you know, Rome wasn't built on a day, sort of thing. So, you, you, yeah, like you said, yeah. just give them time. I think, yeah, yeah, and it's just so hard to. It's it's just when, when you get into the mid table in the Premier League. You know, Villa finished eleventh last season. It's very very respectable finish. Um, you know, to be the eleventh best club in in England is is is, is great. Um, and it and it's but it's just so hard to make that next step. You know, every place they finish higher. Um, is a real challenge, and then obviously getting into that top six or seven um, is even more tough, just because of the the finances available. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, no fucking problem. Hell. I've closed my curtain and I'm still got the fucking sun throwing shining through. Give me one minute. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> nice. Oh, there we go. We're in the dark now. Fantastic. That's better, isn't it? There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, would you say then? Have, have you noticed any changes within the club itself uh, since Gerard joined? Uh, such as, um, you know, any different philosophies or attitudes with, with how the, the, the playing side of the club is? Because I, I know it probably wouldn't, um, you know, like the operational side of it, I don't think Gerard obviously would have a, an impact on that. But, yeah, did you see anything on the on the playing side of, of the team? I think I think when Gerard first came in, the, the players stepped it up a little bit. And I think that would have been the case with any new manager. Um, that's no slight on Dean Smith uh, because what he did at the club I thought was fantastic. Um, but any new manager coming in, he's going to want to put their stamp on things. So there were a few changes around the training ground and obviously a few changes in, ter- in, in the way the Villa prepare for games, um, uh, the way they are around the place, the way they are with, with each other and, and just sort of timing changes um and uh, and logistical changes but in terms of <clears throat> how you know how villa play and how they are don't really think there's too much difference i mean obviously you can see that, that it, you know what a, Ger- a Stephen gerrard team looks slightly different to a dean smith team but i think in terms of how villa are trying to play on the front foot be a bit aggressive take the game to the, to, to the opponents not too not really too much difference when we'll see more i think is next season when Gerard's had a couple of transfer windows to bring in the players that he really wants. Um, you know, clearly he doesn't play with wingers, which is why players like Anwar El Ghazi and Trezor Gabe are allowed to, to go out on loan. Um, I presume he'll look at it, look at the wingers in the summer and, and decide whether um how many he wants to keep on board because what four probably is, is a little bit too much. Um with with Villa Jean Bidace in, in in that four, of course, as well. Um so so yeah, um, he's just trying to put his own stamp on things, and we'll see how that progresses next season when he's got some of the players that he wants. Clearly, a defensive midfielder will, um, will yeah. be key to, to how how they perform. Yeah, that, that's that's something we we gotta we gotta come on to. Yeah, um, but before that, so uh, which player then would you say has impressed you most so far from Villa, and would you say that there's possibly one or two that I've got to put in at a better performance? I think Jacob Ramsey's had a good season. I feel like the last couple of games uh been a little bit difficult for him, but I think overall, uh, you know, a brilliant, brilliant season. So so many goals already. Um I really like Matt Cash. I think he's been probably the most consistent player in the team. Um, had a great week, of course, and 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 will be going to the World Cup now, which is which is great for him. Um and then I suppose the others, the, the, they've been in and out, haven't they? They've been up and down. Players yeah. have been in and out of the team. You look at Coutinho, he's had brilliant moments and he's had really, really quiet games. Ollie Watkins has, has chipped in with a couple of goals this season, but isn't quite as hot as he was last season. Danny Ings has had some good moments, but has been in and out of the team. Um, player I definitely want to see more of is Traore. I, I feel like mm-hmm. yeah. really enjoyed watching him last season and thought he was a bit of a game changer at times. Um, just, just hasn't been fit, has he? Just, just we just haven't yeah. seen him, and 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 very similar with Leon Baylor. You know, two wide players who can make a big difference for Villa, but we just haven't seen enough of them. So, if there was two players I'd highlight, probably 
be mm. Bailey and Traore, uh, and Traore. But I do kind of feel sorry for both of them because they've had their injury setbacks and it's difficult when yeah. you're coming on for four or five minutes in the game. Yeah, impact. <clears throat> yeah, that that's true. And I mean, Bailey did very well um, against Everton. I think it was his debut or one of his first games anyway. Scores and then injures himself, basically, you know, scoring against Everton. And, and Traore as well, I know... He's. I know a lot of people might call him a bit of, uh, you know, like a luxury player. But for for me, he, he's he's sort of that wild card. You know, he'll he'll turn up and do something absolutely like crazy. Like you know, like his goals he he scored against Chelsea and Man United, and you know some bits and big teams as well. He's not just yeah. you know like yeah. um, stitching up the likes of Burnley and you know Watford and things. He you know some some big big teams there. Um, but yeah, so, so speaking of, of, of uh, players impressing you, uh, so tell us uh, about a few of the players that have been loaned out as well. So like uh, uh, Cameron Archer and uh, Keenan Davis. Yeah, Cameron Archer, obviously at Preston, done very well. They they really like him up at Preston. He, he could have moved probably anywhere in the Championship. Um, there were so many clubs interested in him. Really important that he got the right loan move because of his time at Solihull Moors. Didn't quite go to plan. But if you speak to people in youth development and, and the academy and, and recruitment, typically they, they'll always say that that first loan move is the hardest for a player. So... Preston are really reaping the benefits of, of, of Archer being out on loan previously. I think he's got a good chance next season. Um, I mean, look, I don't think Villa will get rid of him. I think with Davis, they might he might be somebody they look to cash in on now just because he's a little bit older. Um, he's done it. At, he's done well at Nottingham Forest. He, you know, he's still commanding a sizable transfer fee. He might be somebody who who Villa look at and think, well. We, we got him for nothing. We've had him for a few years now. Yeah. We can move him on for a profit. Um, and I think for Keenan Davis, he he needs to be playing now. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I, I really yeah. like him. And uh, I think that the fact that he... I was quite pleased for him in, in one way when he when he scored um, against West Brom in, in to finally get a Premier League goal. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I know the journey that he's been through and I know how... Um, supporters get on his back a little bit for not scoring enough goals but he works so hard and he, again he's had his injury setbacks as well so it's good for him to be out on Nottingham Forest scoring goals playing well being like you know genuinely liked by the yeah. supporters yeah. Um, so I could see the two of them probably playing again in the championship next season but Archer may be on loan still oh, okay okay um, yeah so so uh, another loan uh, to, to your understanding what do you think is is going on with uh, Caleb Trippermaker at Livingston? Yeah, it's a good question. He, he hasn't really worked for him, has it? He's played, made six appearances, hasn't scored. He, he had that really disappointing game where he came on late yeah, in, in yeah. the game and was was taken off. I mean, that, you know, I haven't got to the bottom of exactly why that was or what's going on up there. Um, probably one I need to look into a little bit deeper, but. Featured, I think, in the last game before the international break. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays a part in these final few weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I was trying to read into it. I'm not sure if the the manager <coughs> was possibly saying he wanted a bit more defensive commitment. I think in in that uh, the the latter stage of the game. Um, but yeah, the interesting one there. And and uh, on his brother as well, um, Carney. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's talk he, he could possibly be moving on to uh, Borussia Dortmund, maybe not not extending his contract with Villa. Uh, but do, would you say Villa are possibly possibly beginning to be in a position to keep the 
to keep their younger and more exciting players for when the European yeah. teams come come in for them? No, I think generally speaking, Villa are in a really good position with the academy now. I think they're holding on to the majority of their their key players. Um, they offer them, you know, decent money uh, on on lengthy contracts, and that's an appealing um, part on the players. Um, that, you know, that's appealing for the player, and there's a pathway now. You know, you can see. Previously, it was Jack Grealish. Look, if you look, if if you work hard and and have exceptional talent that can be you now it's Jacob Ramsey you've got Tim Rubunum and, and Tommy O'Reilly in and amongst the first team set up they've been on the bench this season a few times um, so there's a pathway there and I think that appeals to to players and families with Carney in particular um, we've, we've been hearing for a long time about his contract situation he signed a contract but has still got another what, 14, 15 months left on his deal. Um, I'm told that he will discuss his future in the summer. So the options for him will be to stay at Villa, sign the contract that, that they've given them, uh, that they've given him. Perhaps Villa might increase their offer um, as we get into the summer months. That's something that will remain, you know, internal. I don't know the conversations to that, uh, but there are plenty of clubs interested in him, you know, in England and on the continent. And when you've got a player of such exceptional talent like Karna, uh, you're not going to be short of suitors. But he's had a bit of game time this season. He wants to play regular. I think there's only one player younger than him who's who's featured in the Premier League this season. So, um, you know, it just shows how good he is for his age. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, as a fan, it, it, it slightly frustrates me sometimes when uh, he, he's not been allowed maybe to come on for even say like the last five or ten minutes, you know. And um, but you know that's why Gerard, I guess, is paid the money he is, and that's why I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, but here, here we go. So getting into this holding midfielder uh, position, uh, we, we all know that this. That, that position is particularly under scrutiny uh, by by the, the, the fans probably mostly, uh, and with having Gerard as one of the the best holding midfielders that there, there, there's been. Um, so so how would you say Gerard solves solves this issue? Um, does he try and work with and, and develop Douglas Louise as he as he is now? Um, possibly turning to Morgan Sanson, uh, promoting we mentioned Tim Urubunum uh, uh, or or possibly even buying someone else in from from a, a different club? I think he's got to buy someone. I think for Villa to kick on, they need to have a a real tried and trusted defensive midfielder. I think Douglas Luiz has done, a, done an all right job for Villa in, in these times of need where, when they haven't got a, a defensive midfielder with uh, because Marvellous Nakamba's been out injured. But I think you know he wants to play further forward. That he's more of his game. He believes he's more of an eight than a than a six or a, or a four. Um, I think that I think Villa will, will, will. I think Villa will sign a six and perhaps an eight as well. Um, you know, Morgan Sanson isn't getting much game time, so it'll be interesting to see what they do over the summer. But I think they're going to kick on. They need to. They need to sign someone else in that position. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. With with Morgan Sanson, I've always felt a bit sorry because I think he was his deal was maybe rushed through because of the wasn't it the the broadcasting issue with the, with the French teams and they had to basically sell a load of the players and I know he was going cheap and I think Villa jumped at the the chance to buy him and then possibly he wasn't and because of that maybe he was rushed into the plans didn't really feature and then every time <clears throat> every time he's featured I think he you know 
did well. Uh, he got injured. I think was it a cup game against Chelsea? Did did pretty well last season, and then got another injury after that. So um, yeah, yeah, I think it'd just be interesting for everyone to see what happens with with Morgan Sanson. Um, but I mean, would you know? Um, do you have an idea of any of the other players? Maybe that recruitment to be marked for for Villa in in the summer. I'd love to give you um, I'd love to give you some names, <laughs> but, but honestly, I, I don't. And you know, when I when I know, I'll, I'll report those myself on the Athletic. But I, I don't know at this moment in time. You know, Villa Villa are keeping their hands very close mm. to their chest. We, we know that Bissouma was a target in the last window. Benton Kerr has obviously moved to to um, Tottenham, so. They won't be going back in for him. That that's for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, th- th- there'll be a couple. There'll be a couple on the radar. Calvin Phillips is is a player that they have liked for a very very long time. Um, obviously, there's absolutely no chance of getting him if if Leeds stay up. If Leeds do go down, Villa will be in the mix um, to try and get him. But I think Phillips would prefer to go to an elite club if he does leave Leeds. So that'll be mm. difficult as well. Yeah, and and um, to to Villa's credit, they they've been very, uh, I suppose, cards close to the chest. You know, even with the the um, summer transfer window gone that they had, you know, people like Danny Ings just came in surprise. You know, n- nobody knew it wasn't reported anywhere, and uh, you know, I think Leon Bailey was quite quite quick to to get over the line. So, uh, yeah, obviously you'll you'll fill us in uh, when when you know more about that. <laughs> I um, best, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and of of course mentioned uh, incomings, but uh, I suppose you've got to have outgoings as well if, if you want some some people in. Um, and, and apparently we keep hearing and seeing reports that there's going to be a major squad overhaul in in the summer. Um, who who do you think you can you see leaving the the club? Uh, say maybe in the next season or two. Yeah, I'm not sure there'll be a major overhaul. I think they'll be <clears throat> moving on some of the players and trying trying to just gen. Just trying to just strength, uh, continue strengthening the squad, which is what they've done for a good few years now. I think one of Louise Sanson or Nakamba will have to go. Um, no way they can keep all three if they're going to get another midfielder or two in. Um, if I was Courtney Hawes, I'd probably be wanting to be playing a little bit more. You've just signed a new deal, so Villa are quite protected in that respect. You know, they should get a decent fee for him if he moves. But um, you know, I think he's good enough to be playing in the Premier League. So uh perhaps he'll be he'll be looking to move on. Trezor Gay and El Ghazi are both out on loan, aren't they? Expect what expect one at least one of those to to move. Um probably Davies. Yeah, okay. Um yeah, so I think coming now to the end of, of this season, um, where can you see Villa realistically finishing um, this season? And then uh, do, you, do you know of, of any targets possibly given by the owners to, to Gerard for, for next season? Or, or, or maybe could have a, a guess anyway. Uh, targets, sorry. Yeah, yeah. For, for um, Like aims and, and ambitions. Yes, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, so... Well, it's Europe next season. Look, you know there there are no excuses. It's uh, you know Villa Villa will be pushing to get into mm. Europe next season. That's the brief. Um, you know whether they're expected to actually get in there or not. Uh, you know I'd have to I'd have to check with the powers that be at Villa. But the the, the you know the the brief is to be pushing 
to, to yeah. be right there in and amongst it. And that's going to be tough because, you know, you've got your typical top six, seven teams. West Ham are, are trying to cement themselves in there. If Villa are going to be going for players in the summer, then, um, you know, if you've got West Ham or Villa going for a particular player, you're probably going to look, you're going to probably going to prefer to go to West Ham at this moment in time. So yeah. and then you've got the other five or six that are already ahead of Villa in terms of that, in terms of that. So that's the challenge. Villa want to be the best of the rest. Um, but to do that, they've got to get ahead of the likes of West Ham, Wolves, um, yeah, Brighton, even who, who uh, Southampton, all of these teams are in around that same mix trying to kick on. Um, so it's just not quite as easy as it seems. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah for, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of um, fans maybe wanted this year to to be the the year Villa go for Europe, and I mean, first half we were almost looking over a shoulder at relegation. So um, yeah, I think maybe this this year's probably rule this one out. And uh, yeah, as you yeah. said, I think it's it's uh, yeah next season for sure. Um, Europe, who knows? Eh? Who knows? <laughs> They've got um, to be pushing. That's the you know that's the key. Yeah, none yeah, of these sort of five game defeats. You know, five yeah, yeah. five defeats in a row, and then the run that Gerard had. I think one win in ten. They've got to get those out of the system if they're going to push on because you can't you can't go you can't have a run like that and 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 finish in the top six or seven. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um... Oh, very. I think exciting times probably over on on the uh, on the on the whole for for Villa. But uh, but yeah, so um, thank you uh, very much for that, Greg. And uh, we'll you're welcome. We'll see uh, see where that all takes us at the end of the season and uh, next season as well for Europe. But uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for for stopping by on the the high press. Give us a little bit of a Villa update. And uh, yeah, cheers for that. You're welcome, Rob. No problem at all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Press Podcast. We really hope that you've enjoyed the episode today. Um, We'll be really, really grateful if you could leave a review on your preferred podcast provider, whether that be iTunes or whether that be Spotify or Google or whoever it might be, um, just so people can find our episode a little bit more easily. Yeah, and go ahead and follow us on our social medias at the High Press Pod. We're on Twitter and Instagram, uh, where we're going to be announcing all of our guests, uh, any updates, and uh, just generally, just that's where you can find us. Great, thank you guys, and we'll see you soon.